9 to 12. Nehemiah chapter 8. To start with, Nehemiah, a contemporary of Ezra and the cupbearer to the king of Persia, he led the third and the last return to Israel after the Babylonian. It was a bold action, granted permission to return to his homeland. Nehemiah completed the, in, that's in, in, 50, in 52 days, they completed the task. A feat, even the enemies of Israel attribute to God. By contrast, the task of reviving and reforming the people of God within the rebuilt world demand years of Nehemiah's godly leadership. In this very portion, this um, where we are reading today, is where Ezra, he read the law to the people. Verse 9, it says, And Nehemiah, who was the governor, Ezra the priest, and scribe, and the Levites, who taught the people, said to all the people, This day is holy to the Lord your God. Do not mourn nor weep, for all the people wept. And when they heard the word of the law, when they had the word of the law, then he said to them, Go your way, eat the fat, drink the sweet, and send portion to those whom nothing is prepared. For this day is holy to our Lord. Do not sorrow, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. So the Levites quieted all the people, saying, Be still, for the day is holy. Do not be grieved. And all the people went their way to eat and drink, to send portions and rejoice greatly, because they understood the words that they were declared that was declared to them. I don't know what's your circumstances. I don't know what you're facing or what you're passing through. But today is holy. It's a special day. Be merry. Be joyful. Rejoice. Before we begin, I just, this is to say that joy is something that you cannot buy in the market. There is no shop that you can buy. It's not something that can be taught in the classroom. It is the work of the Holy Spirit. When the Holy Spirit is in you, when your faith is in the Lord, you feel that joy, the joy of the Lord, which is our strength. Father Lord, I thank you this morning. 
I thank you for the privilege. Thank you that we are able to come here this morning. Thank you for the journey mercy you granted to us yesterday. For those that were part of the Kill Them Maze, Father, we thank you. Thank you for everything. Thank you even for those that could not make it for Lord. Father, we pray that next time they will be able. Blessed be your name. Speak to us this morning in the language and the accent we'll understand. Blessed be your name. Amen. The joy. When we talk about joy, we talk about something that can only come from the Lord. A condition that no man can give. A condition no wealth can be quit. Literally, by definition, joy can be described as an emotion of great delight or happiness caused by something exceptionally good or satisfying. It's simply a feeling of pleasure or happiness that comes from success, good fortune, or a sense of well-being. It can also be described as something that gives pleasure or happiness. But from Christian perspective, joy can be described as the very extreme happiness with which believers contemplate salvation and the bliss of the eternal life. It is the joyous move of a true believer as he or she encounters God. As one writer put it, Christian joy is a good feeling in our soul, produced by the Holy Spirit as he causes us to see the beauty of Christ in the world and in the world. Joy can as well be described as the natural outcome of fellowship with God. When you, when you commune with God, when you take all your sorrows, when you lay it, all your cares and all your burdens, when you lay it on the cross, that's what you, what you have, joy. I don't know where, you know, if you have done something, something wrong, very, very wrong, and you try to cover up, you know, take, if uh, James Aliche said, you take all the, you know, all the uh, case, everything just to cover up, make it look like it's been done by someone else. You know, trying to be happy. But you will never be happy. But when it comes in the open, or when you are seen, or when you are convicted, there is a joy that comes with it. All those things that you've been trying to mask, all those things that you are trying to cover up, when it comes to the open, 
you will have that relief that everything is okay. What else? That's how it is. When you are with the Lord, when your sin is open, when everything is made bare in the Lord, you will feel that joy that at last Satan is no more in control. God is in control. That's the beauty of joy. And the beauty of when you put your trust in the Lord. It is the natural outcome of true fellowship with God. As you can, if you go with me to the book of Psalm. Psalm 16. Psalm 16, 8 to 11. It said, I have said the Lord always. I have said the Lord always before me, because he is at my right hand and I shall not be moved. Therefore my heart is glad and my glory rejoices. My flesh also will rest in hope. For you will not leave my soul in shoal, nor will you allow your Holy One to see corruption. You will show me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy. At your right hand are the pleasure forevermore. It is that divine steadfastness that inner peace and tranquility of mind and soul in the midst of adversity, that is joy. Again, joy is that divine steadfastness, that inner peace and tranquility of mind and soul in the midst of adversity. I don't know what your day has been, I don't know what is facing you, the challenges, but joy of the Lord is that divine steadfastness, that inner peace and tranquility of mind and soul in the midst of all this. The situation of the world today, the communities, Wars and echoes of war. This morning, in the midst of all this, joy. It is our portion as believers. The world cannot give you this. Not even your wealth. Not even your fat bank accounts. That will not give you joy. Joy only comes from above. Happiness, well, 
could be a cousin to joy, but it's not joy. You can draw happiness from some little things, but that will not give you the joy that is from above. In Christ, our joy is unspeakable and full of glory. Therefore, as believers, your joy is the result of the triumph of faith over adverse and trying circumstances. Go with me to the book of Acts of Apostles. Acts chapter 5, verse 17. Then the high priest rose up, and all those who were with him, which is the sect of the Sadducees, and they were filled with indignation, and laid... Act 5, chapter 5, from verse 17. Then the high priest rose up, and all those who were with him, which is the sect of the Sadducees, and they were filled with indignation, and laid their hands on the apostles and put them in common prison. But at night, an angel of the Lord opened the prison doors and brought them out and said, Go, stand in the temple and speak to the people all the words of this life. And when they had heard that they entered the temple early in the morning and taught, but the high priest and those with him came and called the council together with all the elders of the children of Israel and sent to the prison to have them brought. But when the officers came and did not find them in the prison, they returned and reported, saying, Indeed, we found the prison shut, prison shut securely, and the guards standing outside before the doors. But when we opened them, we found no one inside. Now when the high priests, the captains of the temples, and the chief priests had these things, they wondered, what the outcome will be. So one came and told them, saying, Look, the men whom you put in prison are standing in the temple and teaching the people. Then the captains went with the officers and brought them without without violence, for they fear the people, lest they should be stoned. And when they had brought them, they set them before councils and the high priest and asked them, saying, did we not strictly command you not to teach in this, in, this, in this name? And look, you have filled Jerusalem with your doctrine and intend to bring this man's blood on us. But Peter and the other apostles answered and said, we ought to obey God rather than men. The God of our fathers raised up Jesus, whom you murdered by hanging on the tree, him God had exalted his right hand to be, pre- to be prince and savior 
to give repentance to Israel and forgiveness to sin, forgiveness of sins. And we are his witnesses to these, to these things. And so also is the Holy Spirit, whom God has given to those who obey him. When they heard this, they were furious and plotted to kill them. Then one in the council stood up, a Pharisee's name, Gamaliel, a teacher in the law held in respect by all people and commanded them to put the apostles outside for a little while. And he said to them, men of Israel, take heed to yourself what you intend to do regarding this man. For some time ago, Theodos rose up, claiming to be somebody, a number of men, about 400 joined him. He was slain, and all who obeyed him were scattered and came to nothing. After this man, Judas of Galilee, rose up in the days of the census and drew away many people after him. He also perished, and all who obeyed him were dispersed. And now I say to you, keep away from this man and let them alone. For if this plan of this work is of men, it will come to nothing. But if it, does, if it is of God, you cannot overthrow it, lest you even found to be fighting against God. And they agreed with him. And when they called for the apostles and beating them, they commanded that they should not speak in the name of Jesus and let them go. So they departed from the presence of the council, rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer shame for his name. And daily in the temple, in every house, they did not cease teaching and preaching Jesus as Christ. What does this mean? No matter the condition, no matter what the law says, no matter the persecutions, no matter the laws that may come up against Christians, whatever the situation, we are called to preach the gospel, number one. And the joy that goes with it is our inheritance. No amount of opposition will take that joy away from you. The schemes of the enemy might be too harsh, but that will not dampen the joy that God put in your heart. That is the joy of Christ in us. Nothing can take it away. No suffering, not even illness, even death cannot take it away from us. It is our portion. Praise the Lord. Even our Lord Jesus Christ himself, for the joy set before him, endured the cross, despising the shame. Apostle Paul, Speaking of his ordeal in prison, he said that he counted it all joy for the sake of the gospel of Jesus Christ. 
James chapter 1, 2, 6 says, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. But let the patience, let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. But let him ask in faith, with no doubting, for he who doubts is like a wave of the seas, driven and tossed by the wind. When you are not anchored, you will be driven and tossed. Now, let's look at the source of joy. As I said, joy does not come from material wealth. It does not come from our education or <clears throat> career accomplishments. Neither does it come from our economic or financial achievements. In fact, most material wealth or financial feats, it comes with the corresponding miseries and responsibilities translating to also what we call the rich also cry. Most of those rich, they have their problems. There are some very wealthy, but they don't, they don't even know if they are wealthy. They don't even know if the money is there because nothing, it's nothing for them. They are held. I remember when I was working in the, sec in the security, one day this man came. That time, I think it was uh, this um, Audi, latest Audi. If you see this man, you know from, even the air around him tells you that he's thinkingly rich. But when he drove, because I came out to, you know, we take, um, we log in and out and, uh, we, you know, knows who goes in and how the person comes out. So when I came out to, you know, to know his mission and to log in, before he could say something, there is something that he puts here before he could say something. I don't know what that means. And without that, he could not say anything. I was like, oh, with all this, I look at him as somebody that is, with all the wealth, with everything, all the airs rich around him, to me, he was so nothing. Ordinary communication, he could not say something without the aid. All, there are so many things we enjoy today that we take them for granted. Have you paid visit to the hospitals? Have you paid visit to the prisons? There are so many places that when you go, when you come out, you consider yourself blessed. Whether your pocket is empty, whether you have no idea when the next meal is coming. 
There are situations that when you see and compare to where you are, you have every reason to thank God because it all comes from above. Your health, your wealth, your jobs, your family, everything, they all come from above. It's not by your strength. It's not by your wisdom. You didn't contribute to it. It's just that God will that you enjoy it, that you have this. That is the joy of the Lord. You don't work for it because it's a gift from above. If it's the world that gives, you won't have it because it will be for the highest bidder. Amen? Even though poverty is not an option, the problem here is the more we acquire wealth and success, the more misery and complicated our life becomes. It takes away our sense of freedom and simplicity and replaces it with that of bondage, false sense of superiority and elusive air of importance. That is what worldly wealth gives us. It makes us the things that we are something different. We are different from others. We look down on everybody because we feel that we, but this world, where does it come from? It doesn't give joy. Joy does not come from rich or fame, for these are not permanent and can be easily squandered and forgotten. So we should not draw our joy from there. These cannot give us joy. Joy does not come from the pleasure of this world. Many in their quest for joy, or rather enjoyment and happiness, have destroyed their very lives by engaging in all manners of atrocities, like fornications, alcoholism, drug abuse, and all that, just for happiness, seeking for joy from the wrong side. All this leads to perpetual misery instead of joy. But true joy comes from God, the creator of universe, and giver of life and every good gift. In his presence, there is ultimate joy and happiness. When you experience God's presence in your life, through the Holy Spirit, you will feel the greatest love, joy, and peace that you can ever know. For the joy of the Lord is your strength. The original plan of God is to bless and make us rich in every areas of our life. He wants us to be in good health. 
He wants our life to be complete and fulfilled. Proverbs 10, 22. That is the plan of God for you and for me and for those that put their trust in him. Knowing that God is our source of joy, how then can we experience consistent joy in our lives? Yes, it comes from above, but how can we experience it consistently? Joy comes, number one, repentance. Joy comes through repentance. When we repent and acknowledge our shortcomings, our relationship with God is restored. Then we can experience the supernatural joy. Secondly, believing and trusting in his unfailing love. Go with me to the book of Proverbs. Chapter 3, Proverbs 3, Proverbs 3, 5 and 6, say, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct your paths. When you trust the Lord, everything is done. Leave everything for him. When we believe and trust in his unfailing love, our life is made complete and fulfilled. The thought is meditating on the word of God day and night. Can someone read Psalm 1? Psalm, Psalm 1, 1 to 3. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. For his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. Amen. Psalm 113, uh, 119. Whoever sees it can read. Psalm 119, verse 33 to 35. Keep me, O Lord, the way of your statutes, and I shall keep to the end. Give me understanding, and I shall keep your law. Indeed, I shall observe it with my whole heart. Make me walk in the path of your commandments, for I delight. Amen. Can somebody read Romans chapter 10, the book of Romans, chapter 10, verse 11? Romans 
scripture says, anyone who believes in him will never be put to shame. Amen. Amen. There is assurance of joy when we meditate in the word of God. And when there is joy in one's life, it changes one's approach to life. A life without joy is a devil's workshop. As you can see that in Genesis chapter, chapter 4, 3 to 9. We cannot be our brother's keeper when there is no joy in our lives. We can't give what we don't have. And a joy, a life devoid of joy is devil's workshop. When there is no joy in your life, you become an instrument in the hands of the devil. But when the joy of the Lord is in you, you will have the boldness to tell, to tell Satan, go, go behind me. Why? Because you know where your trust is. You know that God is there. God is with you. The joy of the Lord. Where there is joy, there is harmony. And I want to say to those that are married, you cannot be a loving and caring husband or wife when there is no joy. You cannot even keep, generally, you cannot even maintain friendship when there is no joy in your life. Uh, last time I was having a conversation with uh, my son, Harrison, he said that he wanted to change, he wanted to go to another school, a different school. The reason he gave was that the school, the, 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 the students, they are not friendly. They are not friendly. So to him, he always keeps to himself and is not comfortable there. But one question I ask him, are you yourself friendly? Because friendship attracts friends. Friends, friendship attracts friendship. You cannot be friendly. Or rather, you cannot attract friendship when you are not friendly. You have to be friendly in order to attract friendship. It doesn't matter where you are. It doesn't matter who is there. You have to be friendly. And when your life or rather when you are lacking the joy of the Lord in your life, you can't. You cannot attract friendship. So when this is the case, it affects the entire family, including the children. And when this is the case, the community is affected, Do you wonder why in our societies today a lot of um, gangs, 
guns, knives, all sort of, um, you know, violence in the communities. They are angry. People are not happy. Why are they not happy? <laughs> because they, their source, or rather their trust is not in the Lord. Many of them, their trust is on their wealth. They want to protect what they have, what they feel that they have. And how do they do that? They have to protect it with all their strength, which is the guns, knives, and all these things. This is not how we should be. When we are lean towards God, we have a different approach to life. We see life from a different perspective, knowing that drugs is not the, the, the source of wealth. Knowing that gangsterism is not the way of life. What are you trying to protect? what you don't have, what you have no control over, and you want to control it. And that's what is happening in the society. People killing each other just for very little thing. Guns and knives in the classroom because children are not happy. They will give you a thousand and one reasons why they are not happy. And all these things stem from the family. If you have a happy family, the children will always be happy. They will see life from a different perspective. They will see things differently. They will understand that not everything is to be contested. You don't need to fight to flex your muscles to show your strength. The joy of the Lord is our strength. The fourth one is being receptive to the Holy Spirit. John chapter 14. Can somebody read? John 14, verse 26 and 27. Do not let your heart be troubled and do not be afraid. 
Amen. As children of God, we should always be ready for the lead of the Holy Spirit. Because when the Spirit dwells in us, He will guide us in all things pertaining to life and righteousness. We should always be filled with the Holy Spirit because joy comes thereof. Can somebody read Galatians chapter 5, 22 and 23? The book of Galatians chapter 5. Amen. Finally, avoid worries. Be prayerful. Thinking and worries are natural to man, but too much of these is not healthy. It compounds problems and heap miseries upon us. You don't have solution to your problems, but God have is the Lord. Even if you sit down today and trying to figure out how you can amend things, you find out that at the end of the day, you will exhaust yourself. You heap more stress upon yourself. Thinking, worries, and all these things, it's not healthy. Lay it all to the Lord. He has solution for everything, for all our problems. He cares. He's the one that bless. He provides. He leads and he directs our paths. May the Lord overwhelm us today with a fresh revelation of his love so you will believe that with him on your side nothing will ever shake you and your joy will be complete in Jesus' name. Father Lord, I thank you for how you've led us Thank you for your words that have gone forth. Lord, I pray that you bless us with a fresh anointing. Bless us with the joy that comes from above. The joy that is you and in you. The joy that stems from you. You are the source. Blessed be your name. Thank you, ancient of days. Blessed be your name. Amen. Go in peace and may his face shine upon you.